the best thing about being an account manager is just having experience on a different side of business. Learning how to maintain these relationships, how to collaborate with different departments a little bit more than it previously was. Maybe we would partner with our account executives to kind of align on our outreach. Now it's working with customer success, with marketing, with head of sales, with solution consultants. So it's definitely a lot more engaging and involved within the whole organization. Hi, I'm Mark Gagne. And I'm Chris Corcoran, and you're listening to Tech Sales is for Hustlers. Tech Sales for Hustlers is a podcast where we catch up with Memory Blue alums and reminisce about their start in high-tech sales with us. Let's go get some, Corcoran. Gagne, you know I'm ready. Carlos Morales, coming to you live from the central part of the country, Cleveland. Cleveland rocks, the pride of Venezuela. <laughs> Carlos, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Mark and Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. I, I really appreciate having the opportunity to join the podcast. You know, back in the memory blue days, listening to this while I was list building, it's crazy to be on the other side of things. That's awesome. That just made my day, Carlos, to hear that story. I love listening to Carlos talk. Like, yeah. Carlos, I'm telling you, you've got a, a master, you got a great voice for sales, dude. It's clear, and I love the Bostonian accent thing, the New England accent, whatever we want to call it. It commands some attention, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mix. I actually had one of my coworkers tell me that my voice sounds like a warm handshake, like a, a firm, warm business handshake. And I was like, well, you know, that's interesting. I've never heard that one before. Good. So that's, I, that's a hammer hitting the nail right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I've never thought about it like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> well, Carlos, let's get into it. For Chris and I, for audience, tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, where you grew up, like just those sorts of things. And we'll kind of go from there. We'll speed you up and slow you down where we need to. Perfect. Yeah. So definitely been a little bit of a journey for myself. I was born in Venezuela, in Caracas, wow. Venezuela. You know, I immigrated to the U.S., I'd say when I was about five years old. So I was still fairly young. I moved into the state of Rhode Island. I lived there for a couple of years. Of my life, I moved to Massachusetts, where I went to high school and school, basically in Stoughton, Massachusetts. And I went to school at Bryant University, studied international business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of after college. That's when I ran into you guys and Memory Blue. Well, go ahead, Chris. Well, so talk, what was it like immigrating into the U.S.? Oh, man, I, I could speak about this forever. It's definitely a challenge. We definitely went through a lot of hardships. You know, my mom, she decided that things in Venezuela were really going in the right direction. So she decided to immigrate to the U.S. to give us a better future. I mean, she came here with three kids just by herself and $165 with a suitcase full of dreams, as she would say. And it, it's challenging having to assimilate to a whole different culture and lifestyle. But, you know, my mom was my role model. She's very um, strong, supportive, um, caring. So she led the the path for me and, and my siblings to succeed, but there was definitely a lot of uh, struggles throughout there. I mean, six months after we we immigrated here, um, we came in the winter. Um, then in, in May, actually May nineteenth uh, of two thousand three, our first apartment that we were able to afford actually burned down. So, you know, being an immigrant, there's a lot of stepbacks, um, a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles. So you have to have that tough skin, that perseverance, and the confidence to kind of keep pushing forward no matter what challenges you kind of face and, and being confident with being uncomfortable in times. 
So definitely a, a journey being an immigrant. I think it kind of taught me to make the best out of the worst situations and, and kind of not give up, have perseverance, um, which I think has been very applicable with, within the sales um, career as well. And in life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, strengthened my work ethic, seeing my mom, what she had to do um, to kind of get to where we are today. And it's kind of a collaborative effort. I, I know my mom was kind of driving the ship. But um, I mean, we all kind of came together. We were considered, you know, the four musketeers. That's what my mom would call us. And it, it was definitely a collaborative effort. We would have to wake up even in the mornings on the weekends and before school and, and make so much food. We had a food truck at the time. And, you know, I was in fourth, fifth grade making 700 empanadas. I don't know if you guys are familiar with empanadas. Delicious. Unless you're on the other hand and making the 700 empanadas every day or every weekend. But, you know, things like this to reflect back on, it, it's taught me so much things in life that I've been able to apply in sales and, and outside of my work as well. You had a family food truck business. Yes, yes. Um, my my stepdad at the time, he had a, a food truck that had a bunch of snacks, you know, drinks, um, but also homemade food. My mom yep. is a phenomenal cook, phenomenal. And she would make all sorts of food, sandwiches, and meals for, for anybody that would be interested in. And I kind of helped my stepdad, you know, serve that food, make the sandwiches, prep it, and talk to the customers as well. So it got, I got my social skills tuned up pretty early, I'd say. Awesome. Great. Amazing. Amazing. And then so in high school, what kind, what'd you do extracurricularly? It sounds like a lot of work. You were working, obviously, but were you, did you... Were you in part of clubs or sports or? Yeah, yeah, I did. a. I, I like sports for sure. You know, it definitely wasn't the pro league level, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. I, I like the competitiveness about it. I like um, socializing with all the, the, the team teammates. I love playing basketball. I did like little league and the baseball um, back in the day. And I, I'd say for extracurricular activities, like for school, I joined DECA. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, oh, but yeah. it was a, it was really fun. Went out to, to Orlando for a, a competition as well. So got some good experience. Made me a little bit quick on my feet to think, I'd say. So I, I enjoyed that. I was also part of a low-income family kind of program at my school that offered trips and experiences throughout the, the summer, as well as some involvement in community service. So I got the opportunity to you know, help with Habitat for Humanity and build some homes. I got to travel to China for an immersion program, go to Brown and, and Harvard for pre-college courses, which were pretty, really, really good experiences at the time. Wow. Throughout the high school. Nice. And then from high school, you ended up going to Bryant. Correct. Yes. I wasn't really sure about going to college at the time. It wasn't really a goal of mine. I mean, as an immigrant, that's my mom's goal is get all her kids through college, graduate and have us be successful. Me personally, I, I wasn't really interested in it, but I knew there could be a lot of benefits. So I knew that I wanted to have like an international aspect to to my career, my life. I was fluent in Spanish. Um, I was studying Mandarin at the time. I knew I wanted to be in business. I thought, you know, being comfortable with the three languages would really help me excel. I also have a dog that's kind of running around right next no, to me, so it's very distracting. Yeah, so I mean, I studied international business at Bryant. I had a concentration in finance. Um, you know, with my background, I always wanted to avoid having to struggle about or worry about finances. So I thought maybe studying and, and getting a degree in finance would kind of 
mitigate that and, and help me gain some stability. So I, I did that. And throughout the four years at Bryan, I, it was a great experience. I learned a lot um, about business and had a lot of different experiences like study abroad as well. Towards the end, we had a capstone project, what we call Practicum, where I worked hand in hand with a manufacturing company to kind of work on their portfolio. So we looked at currency fluctuations, all that fun stuff and how they would be impacted. And I realized this is really not the right thing for me. <laughs> uh, I'm not having fun. I mean, I'm stressed. I'm, I'm bored. I'm like falling asleep looking at all these numbers. And I just realized, you know, there's, there's got to be something else for me, something that I'm more interested in and, and have a passion for. I try to go into real estate and property management, which I thought, you know, it's more interesting, definitely more engaging. And I can socialize a bit more instead of being behind a desk all day. But I also realized that isn't the right thing for me either. Real estate was strictly commissioned at the time. Coming out of college, that's very difficult. So that's when I started looking at other careers. And I had Andrew DiNardo reach out to me. Nice. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad he did, man. He changed my life. He he mentioned, you know, Memory Blue. We had a, a chat on the phone and he gassed up the company. He said, you know, this is the place to be. Um, <laughs> you, you, you bought it. I, I bought it 100%, man. I was like, you know, I, I need a change of pace. I need something different. And, you know, he highlighted what the sales academy looked like, all the training. And I think, you know, this is this is the right step for me. Yeah, Carlos, that's amazing, right? Because what we want to try and do is get people into the tech sales world who weren't familiar with it normally. And, you know, it's not like you grew up with a family who people were in tech sales. Right. Right. right? And you went to a school that we like to recruit from, but, you know, we missed you. Right. Give me an immigrant with the voice of a warm handshake. <laughs> over, right. And look out. It's all over but the but Yeah. Right. right. So, so when you... When Donardo got you on the phone or Zoom or whatever it was, when was this? This is you started November of 2020. Yeah, so, I think it was like in October. Yeah, okay. I, I want to say. And um, then what what you think? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it started in October. I was actually this was during the pandemic, so I was actually flying out to LA at the time to see my sister. She just recently moved out there and her birthday's in October. Um so I was visiting her. And, you know, that's kind of when everything was developing with Andrew. You know, he said, let's let's have an interview. I said, OK. All right, let's make it happen. You know, I, I pulled in a nice um, attire. I went downstairs. I went to Target. I got a, a nice tie. I was like, all right, let's make this happen. Love I went it. into the lobby, put in my AirPods in and had an interview with Emmy and Ellie, as well as uh, Jeremy. And it, it just went well. You know, they, they said, you know, I think you'd be great for for the team. And I, I thought. You know, they just reassured me of the, the choice that I was making. You know, I was looking for a place that I could really grow in as well as get really good experience and training and be in a competitive, but also very welcoming environment. I like being in that type of environment from being at Bryant and being in DECA. So it's very similar at Memory Blue. And, you know, I, I'm really glad that I, I ran into Andrew and, and had that phone conversation with my manager, Robert, as well to lead me where I am today. That's great. So, Rob, were you interviewed with Rob as well, or Rob was behavior DM? Yeah, well, Rob was my DM, but I, I spoke with Andrew, and then I spoke with Rob on the phone, and he's like, all right, listen, we're going to practice cold calling. Let's go for it right now. And I was like, what What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want me to say? Yeah. And he's like, listen, we're just going to role play right now. Let me see what you got. 
And I, I tried my best, man. I, I thought back to like Wolf of Wall Street where they're like, here's a pen, sell me this pen. And I just kind of went with the flow in it. Rob loved it, you know, proceeded with the interviews with Emmy and Ellie and, and okay. Jeremy. Okay. And yeah, I, I came on board, man. I started as what the following month in November. What was the job like? Because, you know, what you think the job is and what it turns out to be are a lot of times two different things. It was a little bit more um, heavy loaded with the work. I mean, it was it was just different. I mean, I was going from property management to like working with tenants and and, and looking at, you know, repairs and talking to contractors to, OK, I got to make 100 cold calls a day and, and, you know, try to make sure I'm talking to ideal customer profiles and making sure, you know, I'm. I'm handling objections correctly and open-ended questions and list building. So it's definitely very different. But honestly, after that first maybe month or so, you start really adapting, start getting more comfortable with, you know, cold calling and being at a little bit out of your comfort zone, I'd say. Yeah. Who else was your crew? Who was the crew on Rob's team? Um, so we had Tyson. Okay, we had yeah. Caroline. Caroline got hired out with me for, for risk methods. Nice. Um, I believe we had Jake. Yep. Um, Danielle Delapena, um, right. Ryan Carey. Ryan Carey was a beast at the time, man. That was my mentor. Oh, oh there you go. And uh, Justine, I'd say. I, I know I'm missing some names, man. This is just off the top of my head. That's it's right. been a while. You have to stay in Cleveland so they don't get upset at you when you come home and they see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a strong crew there. Who, who, when you're doing this, like everybody kind of learns their style. What did you learn from some of them? Like, what were they good at on the phones? I really learned a little bit of everybody. I mean, I just learned persistence, man. You got to really yeah. like, hey, you can't just take no for an answer or listen, somebody doesn't pick up three, four times. Don't give up just yet, man. You know, keep keep going after it. You know, if, if they give you an objection, find a way over it. You know, make them realize what their pain point is. Um, highlight that and try to rephrase whatever you're pitching to them to fit their needs as a solution. Not necessarily just you're just trying to sell them something. You're actually trying to solve something in their day to day. And, and I say Ryan Carey really presented that. I mean, he was a hustler, man. He was getting it every day. He was booking more meetings than I could count. Um, <laughs> so he was crushing it. And I could you know, listen to his calls and how he was handling them. And he was a little bit more persistent and confident on his calls and not really taking no for an answer. Similar with the rest of the team, man. They're all hustlers. They really is no, they're no joke. So I definitely... I think I took that the most out of the team is really just to keep being persistent and stay confident with what you're selling to them. How important was it being in that environment with those teammates to your development? In today's hyper-competitive talent market, it's tougher than ever to fill open sales roles. Each day those revenue generating positions remain unfilled is a day that costs your company money. Whether you need to build an SDR team from scratch or find a world-class director of sales, Memory Blue's direct hire service bridges the gap you're struggling to close. Our team locates the high performing candidates you've been dreaming of and brings them to your doorstep. Last year, Memory Blue Direct Hire placed more than 400 high performing sales professionals into a wide array of key positions across the high tech industry. Don't waste any more time searching for your next top performer. Get access to massive pools of top talent using recruiters trained to source the best in the industry. Learn more about Direct Hire at memoryblue.com slash direct.
it was crucial. I don't think if, you know, if I didn't have the teammates, if I didn't have that environment that I could thrive and I could honestly have stuck through that role as much as I did. When we were going through the academy, you know, you guys mentioned read the the book, um, The Dip. And that's definitely something that's very prevalent, I'd say, in the in the sales development representative role and and just struggling to maintain that motivation, that determination every single day to just go out there and get it. Being surrounded with a team of hustlers that are out there doing the same thing, that are just completely crushing their goals, keeps that that fire inside of you to keep pushing forward. And they really picked me out of the holes that I would be in sometimes, you know, struggling to hit quota, having some tough conversations where prospects are just like, no, like, why the hell are you calling me? Like, don't ever call me again. Having to kind of jump back from that, I'd say without the team and without Rob, I, I wouldn't have been able to do so successfully. It's a tough gig, oh, right? Yeah, it's not for the week. It's not for the week. It's not for the week. But you can, but people can learn it. It's got to be supported. Yeah. Right. It, that, that's how we all, none of us were good at it when we started. As you, as you kind of got acclimated, what did you, what kind of strength that, did you develop? Like, what was your style? What, something you're, you're good at? So I, I think I was with Rob, um, really asking those discovery questions, um, trying to find out what their pain is, how it's affecting their operations or procedures. Um, how is it impacting their business? And then, you know, asking not only the right questions, but to follow up with a, a good pitch of your solution and kind of being quick on your feet. I think Rob really instilled that in me. You know, I apply that on my day to day now. You know, I'm not on the new business side of things, but being able to understand, hey, you know, with this prospect's tone of voice and how they're approaching this conversation, how they're um, responding to my questions. This, mm -hmm. is, this is really where their head is at. This is the strongest way that I could follow up with. And I think that's the biggest skill that Rob really gave to me is understanding where that pain is coming from and then how to provide that solution to them. That's great. What surprised you the most about the role in the company? I'd say, you know, just the overall hard work. Honestly, um, everybody goes in every day, clogs in and gets after it. I mean... Early morning blitz, afternoon blitz, evening blitz, man, it never stopped. Like, <laughs> it's just 24 7. Uh, this whole, uh, everybody is just crushing their goals, crushing the phones, overcoming these objections that, you know, any average person would be like, oh, yeah, I, I give up. Um, you know, this, this sale's not happening. They're, they're not going to take this meeting. Um, but at Memory Blue, man, that's, that's non existent. That mindset is out the window. It's like, you know, you got, well, obviously you have to understand sometimes, you know, there, it's not a right fit, but people being, right. having that perseverance and that motivation to just keep pushing through all of this and keep hustling day in and day out, man, that was impressive to me. That, that really stuck with me. And that work ethic really stood out. That's something that I've kind of had my whole life. I've appreciated yep. it from my role models and the people around me and having that as well in my first, I'd say real opportunity for a job outside of college, I'd say that was huge for my development. Tell me about your client. So you, you're on the same client when you started to where you are now, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I had risk methods as my client. So they're a supply chain risk management company. Mm -hmm. At the time where I was starting, this was very new. You know, I think the pandemic as it started developing and, and really having an impact on supply chains, 
people started realizing, hey, this is really important. Like we got to pay attention to to our supply chains and have a, a software in place for that. But when I first started, it, it was a little bit of a challenge. People didn't understand, hey, you know, this could really impact our revenues. Even a slight delay or just lack of materials out there can really have an impact on my supply chain. So at first with the client, it was difficult to sell the product. People didn't realize, hey, I mean, we have a team that takes care of this. They go through Excels. They do things kind of manually. We're all taken care of. That was a challenge. But, you know, as the pandemic started to continue and not really go away, as people suspected it to immediately, we started to get more interest. People are starting to understand the value in our solution. It's saying, hey, I, I'm tired of looking at a thousand suppliers every day and, and going through Google Alerts and trying to see what's important. We need a tool like yours to make my day a little bit easier. So that's when I would come in and you say, hey, you know, I, I, I'll be able to relieve some of those headaches with active visibility, active alert, real time alerts and visibility into all of your supply chain. And I, I'd say, you know, businesses were really starting to value it. So it was a tough start, but gradually has really brought in a lot more business as time has gone on. That's great. Did you Caroline work close together? Like yeah. That? Yeah, no, Caroline worked really great. We were really good co-workers. We got along really well. We always bounced ideas off of each other, you know, made sure that we check in on each other if we had a, a tough day or a tough call or whatever it is to make sure, hey, we keep pushing each other to succeed and meet our goals. So it was a great dynamic duo that we had going on there as well with Rob coming in and, and supporting us. I couldn't have asked for a better team, honestly. So you're in the role working at the firm, new in, in the tech sales. What did you think, you know, where did you hope this was going to take you? working for us because when you work with us with the client you see the clients aes you see memories blue carries on the men blue a team now you got people who go delivery managers right some people were fielding offers from clients some are accepting them some are turning them down like when, when you get in like okay we work my ass off i'm gonna learn how to do this outbound part of the game learn about supply chains and risk and so on and so forth and then it, well, it kind of settles in and then people are like oh they start looking up like oh where am i gonna go yeah, I mean, that's it's definitely a question that I would always um, run into with Rob. I always asked him for his support and his perspective on, you know, what would be good for me? Sales was still brand new to me. So I, I knew I, I definitely wanted to grow within the sales industry. Didn't know exactly where. So Rob definitely laid out a couple of different paths for me at the time. I, I, you know, I saw interest in being a delivery manager or maybe an account executive which when those conversations were really starting to develop and, and I was confident within myself, confident in, with my outbound strategies and um, confident in my skills, that's when risk methods started reaching out and say, Hey, you know, we're in the process of, you know, maybe hiring you guys out. So that kind of solidified my next move. That's once I started working with them on a, an offer, I say, Hey, maybe, maybe I can be a sales rep for a little bit longer and, and see where that takes me. I wasn't quite sure where that path would take me afterwards, um, yeah. but I had confidence in myself that, Hey, you know, I, I took the risk on, on memory blue. Let me take the risk on, you know, being hired out by risk methods and let's see where that takes me. And what's that been like so far? It's been amazing. Honestly, risk methods is a small company, but we're rapidly growing. We have a lot of credibility within the industry, which helps what helped my end on when I was on the new business side of things. I actually led the North American team in opportunity. So I was a top contributor for last year, Thanks. which, you know, I, I credit that to, to Memory Blue, man. I, all those skills um, that I applied to my day-to-day -day here, 
it worked out. I, it was successful. I was able to create the most opportunities and pipeline for the company, which I was very proud of. And, you know, recently this year, I was able to receive that promotion to account manager. So now I'm uh, able to receive a little bit more experience on the other side of business, closing and working with our customers and, and having a little bit more of a farming mentality rather than hunting. Very good. Tell us about that role. So did they give you a choice? Did you say, hey, I kind of want to move into this role? And did any of those deals you source close, or are they still in in works? They're still, I, I believe one, a couple of them did close. I don't know how much I can disclose because of yeah, the yeah, confidentiality, yeah. obviously. Of course. But yes, some were, some did close. A lot of them were also really good opportunities that are still being brought back in nowadays. Okay. The sales cycle is, is very long for risk methods and working with different size businesses can be challenging, but it's been very successful. I, I mean, I was able to be the top contributor. And now as an account manager, I'm able to really get comfortable and talk to my customers and work on upsells and see how they're doing on their day-to-day, -day, ensuring that they're happy with our solution. So I, I'd say it, it's definitely been exciting. It's been quite a journey, but it's definitely moving up. So as an account manager, more of a developer or a farmer, to use the words that you said, how are you using the skills you learned as going through a prospecting outbound mentality? How are you using that as a farmer? Yeah. I mean, you have to understand, you know, who are the right people you're talking to? I mean, list building and prospecting, those skills are always important. I mean, once you're a customer, it's a little bit different. You understand who are the, the decision makers are, but understanding how to speak to them. Again, having that, that funnel of questions of knowing when to ask things, knowing to see if they have a problem, what is, what could be their solution? How, let's not focus on what the problem is at hand, but how do we resolve that? And using those skills to kind of further strengthen those relationships, I say has really been helpful in my career and my journey as an account manager is using those skills of being able to speak to high level prospects or customers and not being necessarily self-conscious and say, Hey, you know, I'm talking to the CEO, the CPO, and I don't know what to say. I don't know how to handle this. That's long gone. Memory Blue has really built that confidence within me to be out of my comfort zone with these customers, ask the right questions, pull out whatever pain they're, they're feeling at the time and find a solution. What's the best part about being an account manager? It's tough. It's a tough question. I'd say, I want to say not cold calling anymore, but honestly, uh, honestly, I, I, I work really closely with our sales team and our SDR team, and I love hearing about them cold calling. Like I check in with them every week and I'm like, how's it going? I, I like listening to their calls, man. I don't think I'll ever get bored of it. I even get upset with myself sometimes just, man, I wish I could cold call every once in a while just to see if I still got it. But I, I'd say the best thing about being an account manager is just having experience on a different side of business, learning how to maintain these relationships, how to collaborate with different departments a little bit more than it previously was. Maybe we would partner with our account executives to kind of align on our outreach. Now it's working with customer success, with marketing, with head of sales, with solution consultants. So it's definitely a lot more engaging and involved within the whole organization. So, you know, how has working, at, working there influenced like your view on, on tech in general? Like, do you follow the competition? Like, what do you do to stay kind of up to date with what's going on in, your, in the industry? Yeah. There are responsibilities now, right? In terms of the role, you're going outbound, but you also kind of need to know what's going on in there. So I'm curious about how you educate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being an account manager, people expect you to be knowledgeable about what you're speaking about, what you're selling. So 
I always stay up to date on any resources that our product marketing team is developing on or speaking on. They usually do a, a really good job of highlighting any current issues or, or current events that might be impacting supply chains, as well as there's a couple of websites that I, I look at to stay up to date on current events. Our solution actually sends me alerts every day if there's um, any poor congestions or shortages that would have any impact. So, you know, it's I take an hour or two every day just to look through all these alerts, all these oh, resources wow. in order to make sure that, you know, I stay up to date. You know, if I yeah. get a question, I'm not just stumped. I can say, hey, you know, I, I know what you're going through and yeah. that's how we're helping. You got to spend like an hour or so a day, at least to kind of make sure you're just kind of feeling the, the pulse of what's going on in your space. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, that just makes me feel confident and being confident makes me work a little bit better, I'd say more efficiently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I hop on a call, I'm not so nervous. I know, hey, I know what you guys are going through. I, I know the issues at hand. I know there's a shortage of plastics, of um, semiconductors and all, all of these other materials that you guys are go using. So this is what we can do for you to alleviate these pains. And this is how our solution down to a T can help mitigate these risks with, you know, extra visibility, real time alerts and being able to, hey, you know, even if you're out of your office, you know, you get a, a notification on your phone telling you, hey, you know, you got to take a look at this supplier. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, you know, Carlos, like it's so this is in some ways is a kind of the textbook case of like a client working with us. They get to work with us. They get access to an up and comer like you. You benefit from the, the system. The client's benefiting from the system, too. But, you know, you're we help you build your foundation. And now you've been working with him for a year and a half and got promoted, got promoted. Number one performer. And he was in SCR for a while. Yeah. It's not, that's them six months and I got promoted. So you, you build some perspective on things when you, when you go outbound for whatever year, a year and four months, you know, yep. yours was what, when you would look back on the, you know, if you have advice for other SCRs who are considering going to work for their client, because sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Yep. What, what kind of questions did you ask? What were you looking at? And you said, you mentioned a little bit, what were you looking at? as to, to help you make that decision. Yeah, I definitely wanted to ensure that the company that I went to had some, had a really good environment, had some good resources. You know, I, I went to Memory Blue for the academy, for the environment, our colleagues, the team, similar things to risk methods. They were still up and coming. I was still, you know, starting to really learn how to be successful and, and have the right resources. But my boss and everybody involved they're really thoughtful. They're caring. They're like, hey, you know, we want to make sure that you get you're the best version of yourself, that you yeah. get everything that you need to you need out of risk methods and you learn what you need to be successful. And I'd say and, and that's really what I prioritize being in an environment where you're valued, where everybody is pushing you to grow and succeed. I think it, that is the most important. I mean, granted, money is also, I'd say, a, a very important factor as well. But I wanted to establish a company and a relationship where I felt comfortable with my, the people around me. And it was a yeah, solution yeah. that I believed in. Yeah. What a great time to be selling what you're selling. Oh, yeah. Couldn't have worked out any better. Wow. So as an SDR or as an account manager, have you ever had the opportunity to showcase your Spanish speaking? So there has been some opportunities. I've actually <laughs> done some demos. I, I usually don't do demos, but I've had to do a demo for a company down in Colombia which that was very interesting. I mean, I, Spanish is my first language, but when it comes to the terminology and the supply chain and the business world, that's a little bit different. So it was a challenge talking to, you know, all these Colombians on a meeting on Zoom or on Teams and trying to explain down our, our solution down to a T 
<laughs> they're asking a million questions and I'm the only one there. I mean, I don't have any other, anybody else to count on. I, you know, I don't know the answer to the question. I can't ask anybody else. So it was definitely a, a challenge, but it was, it was a fun challenge. There was some cold calls, like some emails, some LinkedIn outreach that I would do, or, you know, if we got some HAA, some like high activity alerts of prospects looking at our website and they were, you know, from South America, then I would give them a call and, you know, if they answer the phone in Spanish, then I would speak to them in Spanish, make them feel a little bit more comfortable. So I have put them to the test. Honestly, not as much as I would like to, but maybe that will change down the line. Yeah. You got these Colombians on the phone with the, the Venezuelan guy who grew up in New England. Yeah, yeah right, right. right. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It, it, I, you know, I wish I spoke Spanish. So I would be able to try like, to decide from what's going on. So you got to practice, great. Mark. You, there you go, dude. I know. Don't sit there. Tell me about it. Carlos. <laughs> You know, when you answered my question, you talked about salary, but it was like the third or fourth thing you said. So I know you have to assume the salary is important. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because sometimes SDRs will take a gig because the base is like five, five grand higher, maybe 10 grand higher. And those other things they may not even consider. Yeah. I mean, everybody has different needs. Some people are really strapped for cash and maybe that five extra grand would change their lives. You know, so everybody's position in life is a little bit differently. I definitely value money. I mean, I came from a, a really tough background of not having money and not having really a lot of financial stability. So I definitely valued it. But I also understood that even having, you know, that extra $5,000 a year at the sacrifice of your peace of mind or your mental health, being in an environment where it might be a little bit toxic, you're not happy, you're constantly going through the dip. It's not worth it. At yeah. the end, it's not going to be worth it. And then you're just hopping through different jobs and, and you don't feel satisfied or it might just deter your motivation. Carlos, you what, is your, what does your mom think about, you know, you said your sister moved to L.A. You're, you're living in the most cosmopolitan city in the world, <laughs> Cleveland. But, you know, but you're, you're very successful. Like, what's your mom when she looks back on this stuff, like where you guys have gotten to where you are now? What, what does she have to say? She's so proud of us. I, I mean... Honestly, I mean, she would love to have us, you know, right next door to her. It's yeah, very difficult being here in the U.S. and it's just literally the four of us. We're all a little bit separated. My mom's and stepdad are in Massachusetts. My brother's in Rhode Island. My sister's in L.A. But we're all having our own success in our different paths. My brother was in entrepreneurship. He has his own company right now. Um, my sister is in um, immigration law. She's thriving right now as well in, in L.A. And, and I'm doing my thing, killing it in sales. So... She's looking back, reflecting on, you know, all the things and nightmares that she had to go through to kind of get us where we are today. And she's so proud. I mean, it's really gratifying for her to see that everything that she went through has paid off in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear, man. And I, the person I send our compliments to her, she's a bad Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. She would have been a killer SDR if, if, oh, if she had the opportunity. <laughs> To, to put Ryan Carey out of business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't let Ryan hear that. <laughs> Ryan would take it in defense. Uh, <laughs> hey, what? So, knowing what you know now, what would you tell, have told yourself like the night before you started at Memory Blue? I, I'd say to, to have some faith. Just, just keep doing what you need to do every day. Um, you know, clock in, put in 110% effort, put, all the work that you can in order to to really thrive and get the most that you can out of that opportunity. 
mind being memory blue and risk methods and honestly anything within your day-to-day within your life is really try to get the most out of it i think memory blue the academy taught me a lot but also learning from my colleagues rob um really gave me a lot of life lessons and skills that you know i applied to myself on my my day-to-day and right now so i i'd say be confident have faith that everything is going to work out and push through those days that you know you're really feeling down you're feeling that dip don't let it get to you don't let it get the best of you keep pushing through so i know you just got promoted fairly recently but where do you kind of see yourself evolving from a business standpoint that's something that i'm still figuring out as of now i really enjoy the the account manager role i think there's could be a lot of success w- within the role especially as r- risk methods is rapidly growing and the solution just continues to get better every day um, I, I really think that I will be an account manager for, I'd say, another year or two. After that, I, I really don't know where my career will take me. I, I would like to stay in sales. Um, inevitably, I would like to start my own business at some point, but I'm not really too too focused on the timeline of things. I'm kind of just making sure that every day I put my all and slowly start setting myself up and preparing myself for you know when an opportunity comes by. What kind of um, advice do you have for those SDRs when you, when you talk to them? What do you mean? Like, like you like, you like, Hey, you should say it this way. Or, Hey, I was the number one guy last year because I did a, B and C. I mean, what are things you were doing that you kind of transferred to them? I'd say, you know, making sure that you do your research on what you're selling, what you're picking, like whoever your client is, make sure that you know that product, like back of your hand, you know, who your prospects are, you know, who your competitors are, you know, how to ask open-ended questions. I feel like when I went through Academy, there was a couple sessions on just open-ended questions. And I was like thinking to myself, how difficult could it be? But honestly, you're so ingrained to just asking closed-ended questions. And some people don't even notice that. And as an SDR, that's crucial skill to have to in order to keep a conversation going. And it's not like you're doing 80% of the talking and, and the prospects just listening to you. Um, huge. It's huge. It's game changer. I mean, it, it can almost make a difference whether you actually close a meeting or you don't. So, um, that's kind of things that I transfer right now to the SERs here at risk methods. You know, I connect with them every day and, or, you know, weekly and make sure that, you know, they are asking the right questions. They feel comfortable on the phones. Um, they're pitching the solution, right. And objection handling. I mean, that's what memory blue Academy taught me about objection handling has been incredible. I I'd say there's not an objection that I can face nowadays that I feel uncomfortable talking about. Yeah. Or I get stumped on just because that's how much exposure I've had to that at back at memory blue being in strictly outbound. It really gives you that tough skin and different perspective when you're speaking to customers or prospects. I got a question for you too. If you look back on your time, memory, it wasn't all that long really, but what's one thing that you think you wish you had maybe done more of or taken advantage of that maybe done differently when you're here? Knowing yeah. that you're out, knowing that you're kind of out of the fire now in a way, you know what I mean? You're out of the prove it, got to make it in this industry. You're in it, and you're firmly entrenched in the industry now. Now it's about like doing a good job and going. But when you look back on it, the blue top, we're like, man, I wish I'd done a little bit more of that or this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was I was at Memory Blue for about seven months, I'd say, um, before I got hired out. And during that time period, I mean, it was during the pandemic, it was working from home. Um, When things were starting to kind of rotate in office, I I wish I had a little bit more involvement at that time. I I was staying at my parents and my parents were kind of high risk. 
So I, I decided to kind of continue working from home. Honestly, I wish I had the opportunity to be in office a little bit more where I could socialize and, and kind of build stronger relationships with, with some of my coworkers to learn more about them. I mean, I learned so much through Teams and through the phone and everything else, but I wish I got more through in-person events and, and just being in office. I, I feel like there's a lot of value that you, you get from learning from each other. Yep. Yep. I'd say that's my biggest regret. I know the pandemic had a, a kind of a fact played a role into it. Yeah, it's um, a little one. <laughs> but, you know, I'll definitely be making up for that at, at the future alumni events. Sure. There you go. That's Very great. good. The phenom from Northwest Ohio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, Carlos, this has been great. We really appreciate your wisdom. We look forward to kind of watching you continue your ascension through the tech sales world. Thank you. I can't be any more appreciative of, of you guys and Memory Blue for, you know, giving me that opportunity, that preparation to kind of really crush it in the sales industry and, and carry that out throughout my my day to day here as well. Um, so forever grateful. And, and I really appreciate that. And, you know, I highly suggest anybody that's interested in, in going into tech sales to really look into Memory Blue and and establish their career through you guys as well. Well, Carlos, I appreciate you saying that, but we didn't give it to you. You took it. I mean, you, uh, yeah, you took the opportunity and ran. Right. There's, there's lots of people who were given the same opportunity you were given and they didn't take it. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to put in the time. Yeah. Exactly. Don't, don't take it for granted and take that yeah. risk. You got to take that yeah. risk. Yep. Very good. Well, Carlos, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mark. You guys have See been amazing. Man. It's been a great opportunity. So I appreciate it. listening to tech sales is for hustlers please subscribe and leave a five-star review after the beep if you're competitive driven and curious it's time to consider a professional sales opportunity that your future self will thank you for with an unmatched training program and a tradition of elevating our people Memory Blue has helped hundreds of successful professionals launch lucrative tech sales careers. You will grow highly marketable skills through ongoing mentorship from seasoned sales leaders while showcasing your abilities for tech industry royalty and some of the hottest startups around. And you'll do it all surrounded by driven, like-minded colleagues immersed in our award-winning company culture. As your tenure progresses, you will attract a host of career options. This includes moving up internally or venturing out into the tech industry, where tech companies pay a premium for Memory Blue experience. We have immediate openings in our offices from coast to coast. Visit memoryblue.com/sdr and apply today.